Welcome back. Let's take a quick look at how our local market performed today. We had the JSC all share in the end the day in the red, down three tenths of a percent, led by a sharp drop in the financials index, down by 1.6 percent. Industrials also in negative territory, down 0.35 percent. The one bright spot in the green there is the resources, up eight tenths of a percent. And joining me to unpack the detail behind those numbers is Stephen Schultz from Momentum. Stephen. Thanks so much uh, for joining us today. So we did start the day, um, you know, in uh, a little bit of positive territory. And then we saw us kind of lose those gains uh, as the trading day went ahead because there was some relief that we weren't seeing these protests in China. And then all eyes now turn uh, to Powell's speech, which is happening later this afternoon. So what did you make of the trading day that was? Yeah, so I suppose for, for a change, it was nice to see Asia contributing to a positive sentiment. Um, but unfortunately, the U.S. Um, doing exactly the opposite. I think the, the Asian stock was indeed a positive one. Um, we saw a number of good developments. Um, support for property developers um, was probably the, the biggest standout. What's more topical is the speculation around loosening, loosening of the zero COVID um, policies. But I think we all know that Beijing does tend to do things in its own time. Um, so I'm not sure whether that is imminent. Um, but certainly, I think positives, the market um, took it in a decent rally in, in many of the Asian counters, which are very suppressed at the moment. Um, only to find a little bit later in the day, the Fed doing un, undoing all of that good work um, with a little bit more hawkish Fed speak from a number of, of voting members. And I think the market might have just got a little bit carried away in, in the prospect of a pause in rate increases. Um, I think that the Federal Reserve is determined to see a genuine um, peaking of inflation before they, they make any noises around pausing or I suppose reductions may come sooner. Because the whole quandary is, will he do enough or won't he? And it must be a very difficult position that all central banks really find themselves in. So really a tough job to have. Uh, your expectation there, like you're saying, they're going to wait to see that peak inflation um, come through before they do anything. So we'll have to see what his commentary is tonight. But the next key event that everyone's going to be focusing on is also that jobs report that we're going to see on Friday as well. Absolutely. Look, I don't envy the task of central bankers. It, it is a very blunt instrument. Um, and hindsight is 2020. But but obviously, they, they do have a tendency of overreacting before um, seeing a peak. I think that the Federal Reserve is probably going to maintain quite a hawkish rhetoric. Um, they don't want to give the market any sense that um, that they'll be easing, easing back uh, prematurely. And, and I think that will be the case when Jerome Powell speaks tomorrow. Um, just reiterating some of the hard comments he's previously made. Um, and I think really the, the issue at hand, and if market really wants to get a sense of rates, the best place to do so is probably the job numbers. The U.S. job market is exceptionally tight. It remains so. Um, I think the resilience is, is, if anything, quite frustrating for investors. Um, and any sense of an easing of, of labor market is going to be your first signs of a softening Federal Reserve, in my opinion. So we'll have to keep an eye out on what comes to the fore there on Friday. And that all bubbling away on the macro side, on the global side. Let's come home now because we did see a bit of a rand story coming through today as well. Yeah, another great, uh, great story. I think the South African rand punching uh, below 17, uh, which is always great. Um, there was really a number of contributing factors. First and foremost, um, We've seen a little bit of a weaker dollar, so it's not all internal. I think the, the US dollar weakened about half a percent versus a basket of currencies. 
Um, we had some decent unemployment numbers in South Africa. You never really know to what extent it influences the rand. Um, and then the second or third big influencer um, is, of course, China. I mean, as, as the prospect of a reopening Chinese economy takes hold, so too does, does commodity prices start to increase. And everyone knows the South African rand is very highly correlated to commodity prices. So if we can see an opening up of the Chinese economy, hopefully the next stop is 16.50 or even 16 to the US dollar. We can only hope. We'll have to see how the rand tracks and what happens there in China. But then on the company's front, we had a couple of companies out with results, African Bank being one of them. They seem to be really on this growth trajectory. They are um, incorporating U-Bank, Grinrod Bank, um, also giving them access now to business banking. And that all as they aim for this 2025 uh, listing. Uh, Stephen, as they get to that, what would you like to see happening, happening from a company perspective so that you kind of feel compelled, I guess, to pick up the shares when they do come to market in roughly three years' time? Yeah, so it's a difficult one to answer, um, only because it's all about the quality of the loans. I think what we've seen in the last period is an enormous ramp up in, in loan extension. Um, I think retail loans were up around 90%. Um, as they start gearing up the, or re-gearing the business up. Loan and interest growth is, is up enormously. Fortunately, they are back into profits, which is definitely a step forward. I think um, income rose around 40%, um, but off a low base. And I think the real trick now is the quality of the loans um, and the extent to which unsecured loans do feature in that. I mean, obviously, that is the market that they play in, much like Capitec. Um, but I think in a difficult environment, some of the, the unsecured loans, it's difficult to know the quality. If you look at Capitec, for example, about 50% of their loan book is unsecured. Um, and one does get a sense of despite the growth, that it feels like it, you know, there must be dashboards that are flashing amber at this point in time. Vukila also out with results today. Uh, looking at those, what did you make of it? Fantastic results. Uh, it was only six months numbers. The South African portfolio did exceptionally well. Um, we saw income grow around 4% and vacancies right down to, I think it was just over 2%. Uh, the offshore portfolio did even better, a growth of around 7.5% um, and vacancies near negligible to somewhere around 1-2%. I think the balance sheet's in very good shape. Um, loan to value is somewhere around 40-43%, which is again at a very comfortable level. And I think that given their anchor tenants, the space that they play in, um, it's an exceptional portfolio and, and a very well-run company. So credit to management team. And then Stephen, as we wrap up, what's your stock pick this evening? My stock pick this evening is Exaro. Um, I think that with a, a chilly northern hemisphere winter about to bite, we're expecting coal and gas prices to move up quite substantially um, and a restocking of inventory in, in several um, countries, um, which bodes well for Exaro. I don't think it's a, it's a very risky bet. A company currently trades on a 4 PE and a dividend yield of 12. So I think any rever uh, revisions upward is probably going to make for a, a pretty decent tactical buy in a portfolio. Well, let's leave it there, Stephen. Thanks so much for your time this evening. Stephen Schultz is from Momentum.